Hello there, and welcome to Getting Better Every Day, the podcast for my blog, What I Learned in Preschool Today. I am Vern Gervin, your conductor on this express train to happiness, also known as the author Vernus Charles. Find me on Amazon. We'll start off with our plugs today. You can find us over on Facebook at Preschool for Dummies or on Twitter at Willipt, W-I-L-I-P-T, one, the number one. And if you are so kind, you can support us over on Patreon at Willipt, W-I-L-I-P-T. For $5 a month, you can join the Be Good tier and get early access to this podcast on Tuesdays instead of Wednesdays. For $10 a month, you can get on the Be Better tier. You can get that plus the patron-only Facebook group. And I will give you a shout-out here on the podcast. And you get to participate in our weekly question-and-answer call, which might be a Zoom call, I don't know yet. For $20 a month, you can join the Be Great tier and get direct access to me. This includes a one-on-one phone call and ongoing support as you need it. You can also support me here on Anchor with a one-time donation. Just hit the support button and you can give a donation of any amount you like, I think starting at a dollar. Also, please follow my blog over at willipt.wordpress.com and feel free to pass this information along so we can all get better every day together. All right, so let's jump into the bulk of this episode. We're going to start with our very first lesson in getting better every day, and that is be good. So, as I said on the intro episode, I will be patterning this a lot like it is in the blog. So if you want to follow along there, you can see how far I strayed from my original text. So we're going to start with, what does it all mean? We're aiming at the common definition of good. That's what we want to focus on here. Most people would say that not bad is a good enough definition of good. But it's not good enough to define a thing as what it is not. So now that we've asked the question, our curiosity will drive us to seek more of a meaning. It is important to question your own motives. If it is my goal to help you find a better you, then I can only tell you why I consider myself a good me. I hold myself to standards and draw lines that I will not cross even when nobody is looking. I can pinpoint the actions and decisions that are in my past which were less than good. By comparing the two, my current standards and my past transgressions, I can keep myself above that intangible bar and prevent myself from crossing it in the future. So I know what my limits are, and I think you should determine those limits for yourself if you haven't done so already by this point in your life. I am well aware that these things may be tied to my faith and the morality that goes with it, but it isn't solely about that. Like I said in the intro, I don't intend to tie this to Christianity. I don't intend to tie this to Western philosophy. I'm simply trying to connect you to things which are already inside of you that you can use to get better. Morality and ethics are closely tied together, and though we can discuss the origins in our society, there is little doubt that our society benefits when certain standards are upheld and promoted. You can see it. Self-help orthodoxy says that interpersonal relationships are key to self-improvement, meaning you have to gauge yourself against either the behavior of others or your behavior in a group in order to get better. That's the principle I'm operating upon here. We have to get along to get better, which leads to getting to good. So what is good if it's supposed to be better than not bad? There's a universal sense of justice. 
simply meaning that we all want to see people get what they deserve, good or bad. Whether we are givers or takers ourselves determines where we land on the scale between helper and authoritarian. No matter where you land on that scale, if your desire is to be a better person, and if you're here, I assume that's true, then you have to care about the subject of your concern, even if it's only in order to change their behavior. I am fond of the simple benefits and rights outlined in the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights, but whatever your guiding beliefs, we hold these truths to be self-evident, meaning that there is no need to explain them. People know what your rights are, your autonomy, your free will. Define what you believe and still be willing to examine those beliefs if they come into conflict with what you feel is right or good. Your morality, your ethics, those things can change. You can alter them at will, but if you establish that baseline, it's a lot easier for you to make those decisions on the fly when faced with what is good versus what is not good. Historically, it's been pretty hard to change the beliefs of a group of like-minded individuals. Mob mentality is a thing. Entire ages have been defined by conflicts having to do with perceptions of good versus evil. Some few people have devoted their entire lives to studying that conflict. Those are great philosophers and thinkers, and they are better minds than me. Better than most people alive today. Our definition for good will be a bit simpler than that epic struggle. I'm just aiming at that feeling you get when you overcome a personal challenge that was holding you down, which is very similar to the feeling you get watching someone else cross that same threshold. If there is another definition that fits better, I haven't felt it. It's personal, and it's interpersonal. There are many gradations of good, which can be broken down, but I would argue that those are variations on the theme and not the theme itself. It has to do with rights, and it's not just what feels right. Even if our personal, shall we say, inalienable rights are taken from us, that feeling of goodness is still valuable, perhaps even more so during those times, as we can value a thing much better when it is missing. It is good to defend your rights, and it is good to gain rights for another who needs them. Just make sure that what you're aiming at internally is the defense of good things and not just what feels good at the moment. Try to avoid mob mentality, in other words, because that can sincerely sway how you feel about things in the moment. That's where regret comes from. What I learned in preschool today is the second part of our discussion. Here's where we talk about the principles that we learned and most of us know intrinsically from childhood. So I'll start off by saying that children don't know right from wrong. You can debate nature versus nurture, and that debate will go on forever, but we don't really know where the instinct to protect the weak comes from, for example. We don't really know what causes people, other than basic survival instinct, to protect others who are weaker than them. All of our basic interactions with other humans come from a developmental moment in our brains where we begin to acknowledge autonomy, yours, mine, and everyone's. It does not take long, being in the company of toddlers, to understand that they just don't get that. Age does matter. Obviously, a young two is different than an older two. 
but for the most part, before the age of two, there's very little comprehension that your actions have any lasting impact. Autonomy is defined by what you are capable of doing yourself. You have no real understanding that that makes mommy make plans tomorrow, that that makes daddy make decisions down the road. You see mommy smile, you're happy. You see daddy smile and you repeat the behavior. It's not autonomy yet. I define that term toddler more as a set of behavioral milestones than a numerical age, but we'll say that it's roughly between two and five. On the level of a preschooler, the most important consideration is gaining consent of authority figures. Who fits that role changes, and sometimes, in extreme circumstances, the child doesn't recognize any authority because they have not spent significant time with any one caregiver. For the majority of toddlers, however, it's all about getting away with it. Being good is not an instinct. It's a correlational relationship with other humans at that age. Thus, when we're very young, being good is really just as simple as not being bad. You gauge reactions, and you determine what you're willing to risk in order to get the outcome you desire. Good, therefore, is determined by how people react to you. That's been proven in child behavioral experiments. Being liked is different than being given approval, and so positive and negative reinforcements are how we can change our behavior in immeasurable ways. For the last part of this lesson, we're going to break down what it all means to you. Being good is not always good enough. We've established that being good is not just not being bad. Being good has got to be better than that. Generally, being good is doing good by seeking what is right, usually in defense of self-evident rights, yours or others. In my opinion, we're not born any more good than we are born bad. And you can argue about various psychological conditions, sociopathy, psychopathy, things like that. I don't address those because we are talking about people who are actively seeking to better themselves by listening to this podcast. Therefore, I consider that to be an act of free will. You can argue that sociology and psychology would say that sociopaths and psychopaths are not free-willed. By watching others and learning how to seek positive reinforcement, we learn our baseline for what is good and what is not good. That can be determined by society, it can be determined by individual parenting. It's really more important that you understand that being good at an early age was founded upon the idea that you want to be liked. Whether this is instinctive or instructed is a matter for debate, but it is something which we figure out young and often forget as we age. Peer pressure can change our beliefs, our behaviors, and our acceptance of what is good and what is right. The only real defense that we have against what is essentially mob mentality is to develop our own strong personal belief system, which cannot easily be torn down by any number of voices. If you are happy being a part of the crowd who challenges the common conceptions of right and wrong, then there is no problem for you to solve here, and I wish you all the best. If you're looking for a better way forward than the way you were going before, then I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that you found some value in exploring these ideas. So that's it for Getting Better Every Day, Lesson 1, Episode 2. I thank you for listening, and I hope that this is the first in a succession of conversations that will help lead you forward into a better tomorrow, and indeed, into a better every day. 
Once again, please follow our blog at willipt.wordpress.com, follow our Facebook page at Preschool for Dummies, and join us on Twitter, username willipt1. For financial support, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter for $5, $10, or $20 in order to receive early access to these podcasts, plus a few other perks at higher levels. You can also leave a one-time donation here on Anchor, where this podcast is hosted. Until next week, when the lesson will be, Be Kind, this is Vern Gervin, and I'll leave you with a quote from Arthur Freed. Don't try to be different, just be good. Being good is different enough.